Welcome to Lombardi's Legends of Spain. I'm here with Wags. And finally, folks, we're talking football. Week one, Packers, Vikings, Wags. We weren't sure if it would happen, but week one is finally here. It's pretty incredible. We, I think, have done a good job of staying optimistic about football happening this year. We refuse to get into all of the other things that are going on and just focused on football. And I feel like karma has been with us and we're being rewarded because it's all about us now, right, as Packer fans. And we get yep. to enjoy football coming up this weekend. So I can't wait and I can't believe it's already here. Yeah, and I mean, I got to tell you, it, it was it was crazy, man. We're, I'm actually looking through the rosters, looking at a little bit of video, some of these Vikings players. Uh, dare I say, I feel like we're in mid-season form already, Wags, and it, and the Packers are going to need to be uh, to get come out of Minneapolis with a victory. This is still a very good Vikings team. Uh, I might argue that these are the two favorites to win the NFC North. Um, so uh, whoever wins this game, whoever loses this game, it doesn't make the season. But my gosh, if the Packers can go up to Minnesota in week one and take away a victory, uh, that's a huge start to the season. The Packers started off hot last year, beating the Bears and then the Vikings week one and week two. If we can do something similar again, it really does set us up for success further down as the season progresses. Yeah, it's, you know, certainly would be great to start off the season with a win against not only our probably our primary competition, although I would say uh, the Bears and, and even the Lions, if, if Matthew Stafford is healthy, uh, would look to provide a little bit of competition this year uh, over maybe the last couple of seasons. Uh, but uh, the Vikings certainly are, are numero uno as far as we're concerned with divisional foes. And although there won't be a crowd at the game, it is a road game as well. So anytime you can start off the season on the road against a divisional uh, rival and, and get in there and try to steal a victory, that would certainly be a great way to start off the season. No doubt about it. And this is not the same Vikings team we've necessarily seen in years past. Wags, I mean, there's some key guys on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball that are no longer in Minneapolis and guys that have given Packer fans a lot of heartburn uh, over the last few years. Um, just really, I want to look at the offensive side of the ball first. Uh, for Minnesota, and I got to tell you, um, no Stefan Diggs is absolutely huge. He's been a Packer killer. He's had a ton of touchdowns in his career against Green Bay, um, and now he's no longer there. He's in Buffalo. I'm going to be really curious to see how this offense looks. I think last season, strategically, they really fed the ball a ton to Delvin Cook, um, last year, Adam Thielen had a ton of injuries. He's getting up there in age a little bit, but still a very, very talented wide receiver. They've got the rookie and Justin Jefferson on the outside receiver from LSU, who I know a lot of number, uh, a number of Packer fans, myself included, would have really liked to have seen in green and gold. So um, this is an offense that um, is missing a weapon, but adding a weapon, and, uh, and maybe some uh, stuff that we can expect, but still – um, legs, it's a new season, so I'm not sure 
uh, what to expect out of this Viking offense in week one. Well, if I'm the Vikings, I'm going back to their first meeting last year. That was in week two in Green Bay and just uh, feeding the ball to Delvin Cook uh, because uh, he got uh, loose several times and ended up with 154 yards in that first meeting last year in Lambeau. And if I know anything about the Vikings and what they're trying to accomplish, uh, they they really, really want to get this run game going. And if you look at the Packers, uh, it feels like a lifetime ago, but uh, the last outing uh, with this defense, we were not able to stop the run one iota. Uh, and really, that was, you could argue, a season-long a problem. Uh, certainly, it seemed to get better over the course of the second half of the season, and then the Vikings, or I'm sorry, the 49ers just gashed us uh, in that NFC Championship game. But uh, we had trouble slowing down good running games last year, and I'm sure the Vikings want to get Delvin Cook started off on the right foot um, and uh, limit Aaron Rodgers' opportunities out there on the field. So if they can control the ball a little bit and get this ground game going, uh, that would certainly be, if I were the Vikings and their coaching staff, uh, my main priority against this Packers defense. Yep, no doubt about it. And uh, I'll be curious to see now um, with uh, Stefanski leaving as offensive coordinator, he's at the Browns now. So Gary Kubiak takes over as the uh, the OC, so to speak, uh, over there, uh, a coach with a lot of pedigree. Um, but, Weg, it's just a different coach, right? So that's where it's always interesting to me. Is I'm not exactly sure um, what to expect uh, out of what Kubiak can do. Um, so they, they, I do expect them, though, to run the ball, uh, particularly the Packers inside linebackers. Christian Kirksey, new uh, to, to the, the, um, the defense, a guy who, uh, by all accounts from the media, has had rave reviews from, from Packer beat writers, and it really seems to fit what Coach Petten can do. But after that, we've had Oren Burks, who's been a little bit banged up. Uh, Raven Green, who could come down from safety and play middle linebacker, uh, but he's been a little banged up. Our guy, Ty Summers, uh, could really see some meaningful snaps. Uh, for the first time in his career in a base defense for the Packers. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this Packer defense takes on uh, this Minnesota Vikings offense, particularly if they're trying to run the ball. Uh, but I will say, Wag, uh, the, the one thing that I want to look at, and we looked at it last season, I want to look at it again, is that center, who's the first-round pick last season, Garrett Bradbury, um, taking on Kenny Clark. Last season, Kenny Clark had two incredibly fine performances against this young center. Uh, wondering if Bradbury improves, has learned a different technique to use against Kenny Clark. If he hasn't, I think Kenny Clark can be the determining factor of this Green Bay Packer defense to disrupt the run game against Minnesota. Certainly, and I think Kenny Clark, um, if, if sometimes it's just one-on-one battles can can go a certain player's way. And, and if Kenny Clark can continue to, I don't want to say dominate, but really control that battle, uh, it could be uh, something that will have uh, pose a lot of problems for the Vikings. Certainly, and I referenced that first meeting uh, with Dalvin Cook really getting going against the Packers. And in that second meeting, uh, Packers' defense was able to really do a, a, a very good job against the Vikings. Um, and so you have to wonder, too, 
will the Vikings offense be sharp? I mean, we can make some insert Kirk Cousins jokes here, mm-hmm. uh, but it's got to be a real thing. And, and it, I'm not saying it won't be a real thing potentially for the Packers offense too. And we'll talk about them in a few minutes, but if Kirk Cousins isn't sharp throwing the ball or there's some timing things or, uh, there there could be real issues here without any preseason football, and this is the first opportunity for teams to get out there. And, and that's probably another reason why, if I'm the Vikings, I'm really going to emphasize the run. You can get out there and try to be physical and really smash mouth um, at the line of scrimmage. This is a Vikings team that certainly has always been predicated uh, on trying to be very physical on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. So. Um, to your point, uh, who can win some of those individual battles up front? And if Kenny Clark can win his battle with Bradbury up front, that is something that's going to tilt in the Packers' favor. And then I, I, I get that Dalvin Cook wasn't available in that second meeting, but Packers held the Vikings to under 60 yards rushing in that second yeah. uh, meeting combined. So, that's that's something that if the Packers can kind of slow that run game down, puts a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins right away. And I love that Coach LaFleur came out earlier this week. And uh, I think he might have been stoking those flames for a reason. Uh, this Packers coaching staff wants the Vikings to throw the ball. They don't yeah. want them to establish the run. So Coach LaFleur coming out and saying that he felt – Kirk Cousins is an elite quarterback. I don't know if he truly believes that. <laughs> we'll believe that Coach LaFleur to defend an answer to that. But uh, I, I do think there's some gamemanship going on there to try to get into uh, the, the quarterback's head a little bit ahead of this matchup. Yeah, and, and Wags, are there any uh, key players on the defensive, ball, uh, defensive side of the ball for the Packers? We talked about Kenny Clark. Um, obviously, I think the Smith brothers are an every week guy, uh, guys, but uh, another guy who I'm so eager to see because we've heard so much hype is Rashawn Gary, our first round pick from last season. I really want to see what he can do. And if the Packers are able to uh, put Kirk Cousins uh, into some passing situations on third and long, and we can see the Smith brothers along with Gary on the field at the same time. I really, truly, in my heart of heart, believe that Rashawn Gary can be a difference maker for the Packers this season. And what better way to get it started than week one on the road in Minnesota? Yeah, I, I totally agree. To me in this game, um, if we can get a strong start, that's going to certainly get a lot of Packer fans excited, you and I both included. Uh, but I'm looking at the secondary uh, on this defense and going back to the past, if, are we going to be opportunistic? And I think especially going on the road in week one, if we can get an interception or two from this secondary group, and, and certainly it could come from anyone, but uh, if, for, for example, Adrian Amos or Darnell Savage or Jair Alexander or anyone is able to get in there and pick off the ball uh, and get us going in the other direction, uh, that could be something that would definitely tilt things in our favor. Uh, it seems like when we go into the dome, um, when we lose those turnover battles, uh, things don't tend to go our way. Uh, so I would really look to see if we can uh, be opportunistic and, and uh, snare a couple of Kirk's throws this week as well. Love it. I love it, Wags. I, I, I really do. Uh, is there anything else on the Packers defensive side of the ball, Vikings offensive side of the ball? Um, well, outside I, of what we've discussed. 
Yeah, I'd be remiss if if we didn't mention um, Kirksey because this is the first time that we're going to have a chance to see him out there on the field. And mm-hmm. forgive me if you mentioned him earlier. I didn't I didn't hear if you did, but he's going to be a big component to whether we're going to be successful slowing down opposing run games this year. Uh, how well is he able to close these gaps? That was something that uh, certainly Blake Martinez racked up a lot of tackles. Uh, was very durable, but uh, that was an area that he struggled with at times, uh, and I was a little bit critical of him at times as well. So if Christian Kirksey is able to really close gaps and, and um, read uh, those running plays well and, and really react and limit those big plays uh, when they're running the ball, uh, you may not notice them play to play, but over the course of a game, um, you're going to say, wait a second, I haven't seen nearly as many 20, 30 or more yard runs uh, from the opposing offense where we're just getting gashed. Uh, and I think that's something that Christian Kirksey could quietly uh, make an impact uh, for us. So I'll be anxious to see uh, what he's able to do in the first opportunity out there uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Wags and piggybacking off of that, uh, you mentioned those 30 yard runs. I remember last season, um, when Delvin Cook got going in that first game, he broke off a very long run. And uh, I think uh, to your point on all of that, if we as a defense are able to limit a, like one of those big plays uh, a game, and they didn't happen every game, but they did some games. And when they did, it was noticeable. Um, I think that this Packer defense can improve drastically on uh, uh, overall on um, you know closing out games sooner and I think that 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 goes back to your point on being opportunistic I think it goes back to uh, your point on not giving up those big plays Um, so uh, I think this in another season under coach Petten I expect this defense to take another leap forward and I think that this team has all of the tools to be a very 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 good defense for the Green Bay Packers yeah certainly and if we remember in week one against the Bears last year uh, this Packers defense looked like the reincarnation of, uh, you know, <laughs> the greatest defense of all time. Uh, there was yeah. very limited preseason played last year, and, and we saw uh, offenses for both teams were were pretty rusty and, and not very sharp. Now, that was something that may have compounded and been, uh, at the time, we didn't know, but uh, neither team's offense was anything spectacular last year over the course of the whole season, although the Packers got it going a little bit um, over the course of the season, more than the Bears did. Uh, however, I'm just, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that uh, we have no preseason football this year, uh, obviously. Uh, so this could be um, defense t- tends to be ready early in the year more than offense. So um, hopefully that's the case this week at least for the Packers defense, uh, and uh, offensively, uh, hopefully we're able to at least just be sharp enough uh, to uh, put some points on the board. Yes, sir. Uh, Wags, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball for the Packers and Minnesota's defense. I I feel like uh, Zimmer has been around long enough now in Minneapolis that there, there's almost a Rodgers versus Zimmer battle that goes on. Zimmer's defense versus the great Aaron Rodgers. Although, this year, uh, with Coach LaFleur's influenced offense, uh, if the Packers have their way, and, and please tell me if you disagree, but if the Packers have their way, perhaps it's more of an Aaron Jones, uh, Jamal Williams 
uh, offense, and we're able to get something started on the ground, uh, helping Aaron Rodgers out, and then Aaron Rodgers uh, could potentially have some nice strikes to put a dagger in the hearts of Minneapolis. <laughs> I love it. Well, that would certainly be uh, something that would would be a sight to behold that's for sure yeah <laughs> yes. uh, i would be cheering uh wildly if that does happen although i wouldn't mind just a dominating performance from start to finish either i'm well, not gonna you. lie something like our second meeting from last year where i could hardly believe how well uh the packers were controlling that game uh, would be very pleasing for me this week to get things <laughs> off on the right foot. But I'm not counting on it. I certainly expect that this will be a highly contested battle, and, and hopefully uh, we're able to do just enough offensively against this Packers defense. You said it. This has been a chess match between those guys. And the thing about it is Vikings have uh, guys on every level, and certainly one of the matchups that's always very, very interesting uh, is when you look at uh, the Packers, or I'm sorry, the Vikings secondary, um, and uh, someone that has a lot of familiarity with the Packers is Harrison Smith. And he's kind of always uh, had a little mini battle uh, reading and, and reacting and, and kind of uh, trying to get a uh, uh, play around with Aaron Rodgers, so to say. Um, and, and he's a very smart player and, and has faced the Packers quite a few times. So, um, he's very familiar with, with what the Packers are trying to do. You can't really outsmart him on second level. And then certainly um, a, a guy like Eric Kendricks is kind of <laughs> someone that is uh, public enemy number one in a lot of uh, Packers my, fans' minds when we talk about individual players on the Vikings defense. But you know what's going to be interesting to see, and I'm glad you mentioned the run game because this Packers or this Vikings defensive line uh, is not necessarily going to have some of the guys that we faced even just last year. Uh, so, you know, especially now with Daniel Hunter being out uh, in week one. Uh, but, um, you know, they had losses as well uh, up front here. So uh, to me, it's really, again, uh, this is a cliche, but are the Packers uh, able to win this in the trenches? And if our offensive line can really get, things going and play some smash mouth football and get Aaron Jones loose. Um, now that takes a lot of the load off of Aaron Rodgers in this pass game. Uh, if the timing and things like of, uh, of that nature are still being worked out, uh, if we're able to get chunk yardage on the ground and, and get this run game going on our side, uh, I think that could be a real difference maker for this game as well. 100%. And if the Packers are able to run the ball, uh, they're really taking out uh, the the new addition, uh, Yannick Ngoku, uh from the Jacksonville, who's had at least eight sacks in his first four NFL seasons. The Vikes recently traded for him. As you mentioned, Hunter's out on the other side, um, which is a huge blow, I think, to their defensive line. Um, Zimmer's always legs been able to find ways to uh, bring pressure from different areas and you never quite know where they're coming from uh, but losing a player of Hunter's ability is huge and I think if the Packers are able to run the ball the way that they think they can run the ball against the Vikings and against uh, defenses across the league it really does take away uh, the potential for these sacks and uh, and that then allows for play action passes and everything else that this offense is going to be predicated on. Uh, so, Wags, all eyes for me are going to be on the right side of the line. 
Uh, we looked at the injury report. Billy Turner did practice. Uh, we're recording this on uh, Thursday. Uh, Turner did practice. Lane Taylor is going to be the guard. Looks like Bill Turner very likely now is going to start at right tackle. Uh, we've got some injury issues between both he and Ricky Wagner on that right side of the offensive line. Uh, haven't seen Bill Turner play right tackle for Green Bay. So there's definitely going to be some adjustment there. Uh, however, get the run game going, Wags. And uh, I think that we're going to be a lot more comfortable uh, allowing Aaron Rodgers to drop back on some of those second and third and shorts. We keep it manageable. We keep it to three-step drops. Um, you know, I think that we can really work towards our goals and win this football game. Yeah, and you know what? This offensive line unit could be a stronger run-blocking unit than we've had the last couple of years. Um, if, if there's one thing that you can grade out on these guys – uh, Bill, Bill Turner is definitely a, a stronger run blocker than he is a pass blocker. Um, Brian Belaga, I would say, was definitely a stronger pass blocker than he was a run blocker. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure that the net gain will be uh, in our favor uh, when we get to the end of the season between Billy Turner and Brian Belaga. But I would say that there's a chance that we actually upgraded a little bit in terms of our run blocking. And then certainly Lane Taylor is definitely a much stronger run blocker than he is pass blocker. So we we may have just gotten stronger in our run blocking department on the right side of the line. Um, and that could be something that could balance us out a little bit because certainly we were very strong on the left side of the line uh, when it comes to run blocking last year. But that could keep defenses guessing a little bit and perhaps some of our counter action uh, would be a, a little bit more successful. Um, it's going to take time to see this offensive line unit gel and come together. But uh, just looking at the optimistic side of things, uh, we want to run the ball more, and that might actually play to the strengths of the guys that we have up front and the positions they're going to be in. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, the, the Vikings are missing Everson Griffin as well. Uh, from last season, somebody that the Packers actually reportedly had some interest in. He signed elsewhere. Uh, but another loss to that defense, Wags, and uh, not the only guy lost. You talked about Her uh, about uh, Harrison Smith there at safety, who's been very strong for the Vikes for the last few seasons. Uh, but Minnesota is now without both Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes. Two uh, defensive backs, two corners that I think even Packer fans have come uh, to be familiar with just due to twice a season. You saw these guys play. Uh, sliding in in those roles are Mike Hughes and Holton Hill. Uh, both of those guys are third-year guys. And then the Vikes spent first-round draft capital on uh, on uh, Jeff Glad uh, Gladney and then also a third-round pick on Cameron Dantzler. So the Vikes reinvested in the draft significantly uh, at the defensive back position. Uh, however, Wags, week one, not a lot of um, live reps, so to speak, from this defense. If the Packers can get the run game going, dare I say Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to catch some young defensive backs in precarious positions, uh, definitely against Devontae Adams, but also potentially against Alan Lazard. Uh, Wags, I saw today that Lazard actually played 
both of these rookie de- uh, Vikings defensive backs in college. So there's some familiarity there as well. Um, just adds to the, the layers here. Uh, Packers, Vikings, Laura, I think a little bit, but I think Aaron Rodgers could really take advantage of some miscommunication from some young, albeit talented Vikings defensive backs. Yeah, that play action, we got to get the run game going first for that yeah. to do anything. Uh, but certainly, uh, that's what this offense is completely predicated on is that play action. So, uh, run game has to come first. And, and so that's, that's what we're going to probably try to get going early on. But you're absolutely right. And let's not sleep on the fact that we also stole the uh, uh, Vikings uh, uh, DB coach, and Jerry Gray is now yeah. on the Packers coaching staff. So although they lost a couple of those guys, if there's anyone that's going to understand the schemes and tendencies of not only the players but what the coaching staff is trying to do uh, for this Vikings defense, uh, Jerry Gray, I'm sure, got a steady level of input uh, leading up to this matchup uh, to be able to help the Packers uh, offensive coaching staff plan and prepare for what the Vikings are going to try to do. So true. So true. Wags, how do you see the the Packers running back touch split uh, or, or even not even touches, but just the backfield shakeout? I mean, I'm looking at it. I see Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams getting a healthy dose of the backfield uh, looks. Uh, but kind of curious because I think a lot of Packer fans out there are, are curious, of course, about Jones, but uh, also A.J. Dillon, who just stole headlines in camp, uh, in addition to, of course, Jamal Williams, who's a guy that you and I both really like back there in pass-blocking situations. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, game flow and situational. It's It really depends. I mean, I think if I'm the Packers coaching staff, uh, absolutely, you want to get A.J. Dillon out there if, if if they feel like he's earned reps, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, he is listed as, as kind of uh, as sharing the backup duties right now with Jamal Williams on the depth chart. Um, however, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm going to tend to trust Jamal Williams uh, a little bit more probably in week one, particularly since this is the first uh, NFL action that A.J. Dillon's going to have. Uh, and so if you're behind or as a close game or you're trying to protect a lead uh, although Jamal Williams is certainly not you know in anyone can fumble the ball so I don't want to jinx him but um, I'm going to trust that guy a little bit more he's proven it um, than, than probably the rookie so you don't want to put A.J. Dillon in a situation where he can cost you uh, potentially uh, late in the game as well. So um, maybe they get him in for a couple of reps early, uh, first or second quarter, if they're trying to get him in and, and work out any nerves, uh, let him let him get a couple of carries and see uh, where, where we take it from there. Uh, but it's going to be Aaron Jones primarily. Uh, it's going to get the majority of the touches. And, and we know Jamal Williams uh, will certainly be involved. Um, so I would predict that Aaron Jones will get about 75 uh, percent of the touches here, I think, in week one. Uh, and then uh, Jamal Williams will probably get, I would say, the majority of the rest. But I, I think A.J. Dillon certainly has an opportunity to jump in there and steal some. Um, you know, heck, if the Packers uh, on the optimistic side are, are up a couple touchdowns, uh, they could give A.J. Dillon a whole series uh, in the second half and let him pound the ball and, and grind things out uh, if this Vikings defense is getting worn down later in the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, no doubt about that. And I, I'll be curious to see that as well. Um, Wegs, how big of a factor is it that there is no crowd at this game? I mean, 
I we know the the perils of the momentum swings in Minneapolis. We've watched it for 30 plus years. No live fans in there. Um, it sounds like 70 decibel is what's being allowed allegedly in Minneapolis uh, for for Sunday. Is that a big deal? <laughs> that damn horn. I mean, they've been piping in sound for years. So if yeah. there's nothing, if nothing else, it'll become abundantly clear uh, how 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 badly they've followed the decibel level. So uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, honestly, like it it could go either way. I think they're used to that crowd noise, but. As you said, there's only so much noise they can pipe in. I I will give say this: uh, that dome gets loud. I, you know, yeah. we know it gets loud when there's fans there. So, w- what effect that has? You you have to assume that it certainly doesn't benefit the Vikings. But I I, I think at the end of the day, they're just going to line up and play football. It might throw things off earlier in the game. I'm not sure if if the players will be feeding off of the energy that they normally get uh, in that first couple of series when you can see how jacked up, particularly defensive guys at home, tend to get, uh, especially if they can come in and, and make a big hit or a big play. Uh, but um, over the course of the game, those things, I think, tend to go away anyway. Um, and, and it's really more about guys adjusting and lining up and playing football. So I don't think it's going to make as much of an impact, quite honestly, uh, as a lot of people think it is. Um, but you, at the same time, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, uh, if if Aaron Rodgers is able to get snap counts off that normally he isn't able to do, uh, you know, and he's got to kind of go, you know, with the uh, noiseless snaps or, or whatever we're doing, um, perhaps that could have an effect. Uh, but um, uh, if we get the free play master early on because he's able to do his thing um, mm-hmm. uh, in lining up and getting uh, quick snaps, uh, that would be interesting. But uh, I'm not sure. Dane, what, what do you think? I guess yeah. I did a, a giant non-answer to this. but No, uh, I, I... – I, I'm slightly, um, I'm, I'm slightly thinking that it, it might benefit the Packers. Just, I, we've, we've been to games, you and I have been to games in Minneapolis too, and when things go south, it gets really loud and you can kind of feel, you know, that 12th man, so to speak, uh, kind of creep in there. And, um, I'm not saying it wins and loses games, but it definitely can make it harder, especially for an offense that hasn't played live football. Um, so I, I think that it makes it maybe a little bit easier for the offense, hopefully to function just because, you know, you don't, you don't feel that crushing uh, noise. Maybe that comes in in Minneapolis sometimes. And I wouldn't say that about every stadium either way, but I think that uh, Minneapolis in particular between the fans and whatever damn music and sound they pump in, in addition to the fans on a regular Sunday, that not being there, now it's just that noise. I just got to think it's going to be a little quieter. And if the Packers don't have to go on a silent count with, uh, you know, with an offensive tackle who's playing a new position, um, it, it, it can only benefit the Packers, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I think it's time, Dean, before we give our predictions, um, yeah. any, any X factors or, you know, guys that you think could be um, – you know, difference makers this week. You, you, any any players to to really watch out for this week? 
I mean, I really do like Rashawn Gailey this week. Um, I'm buying in. I think that, you know, year two jump is a real thing for some guys. Um, so I'm eager to see him play. I think that he can be disruptive. He might not be a guy Wags is going to have three sacks at the end of it, but he just strikes me as a football player. And I think he's coming off of, he was injured a little bit last season. I thought he came on and was impactful in limited snaps near the end of the season. Again, wasn't necessarily flashy, but got some quarterback pressure, disrupted the, the run game, and just, you know, played town football. So on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to say Rashawn Gary. On uh, the offensive side of the ball, Wags, it's a tough one. Um, it's really tough here. I actually think that Valdez-Scantling can stretch the field against some young defensive backs. And I, I know that uh, this is a make-or-break season for him this year. Um, it had a tough a second half of the year, but I'm looking at MVS in week one to maybe um, really build on the success that he had and the hype that was coming out of camp, the the love that Aaron Rodgers was giving him. We'll know real quick how true that was, right? If Aaron Rodgers was just heaping praise or if Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking at MVS early. And uh, if Rodgers looks for MVS on a deep route early and we connect, um, I mean, that's confidence builder that maybe an entire season can start to build off of. So, Rashawn Gary on defense, MVS on offense. I love it. And it's funny because if you wouldn't have named an offensive guy, I was going to say MVS as well. May as well go with the two guys that, by all accounts, had, you know, the, the, the biggest, uh, highest impact in, in camp uh, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball in terms of taking that step forward from, from by uh, all accounts and, and what everyone was talking about. So um, I fully support those choices and it uh, would be uh, lovely to see uh, those guys have an impact this week. Um, certainly, I think when you look at those choices too, if they do, uh, those X factors are the types of guys that could put us over the top. Uh, in this, yeah. this matchup this week, uh, because you sort of expect that, you know, Devontae is going to be ready to go. We sort of expect Aaron Jones should have, you know, a, a solid week. Uh, we sort of expect the Smith brothers uh, will be ready to go. So, uh, you know, who are the other guys that can step up and, and potentially tilt this matchup in the Packers' favor? Uh, so, Dean, prediction time. Oh, are you yeah. ready for this? I, I, I gave this some long and hard thought, and just folks, just so you you know, if, if you're new to the podcast, um, although Dane and I admittedly don't expect the Packers to go undefeated, uh, <laughs> we usually pick them to win every week. <laughs> so um, don't hold don't hold that against us, but it's just eternal optimism. Um, so I don't know if I'm not going to guarantee that's a trend that will continue this year. Uh, but Dane, I'll give you the first crack at it. What is your prediction for the outcome of this week? 27 to 24 Green Bay Packers. It's a fight. It's always a fight. It's going to be a fight again. I think what happens is, uh, you know, the Packers and the Vikings kind of sputter to start the game, uh, the first series or two. It's just, you know, a new season. Uh, but start to get in the swing of things, a bit of a back and forth. I think that the Packers go up midway through the fourth quarter on a second Mason Crosby field goal. And then from there, it's up to the defense to close out Minneapolis at home. We do it. Uh, Vikings uh, lose it on downs late in the fourth. And then the Packers run the clock out behind Aaron Jones and that new offensive line. I love it. I actually was very close to that. And I've got, 
Mason Crosby kind of icing it as well. I had 26-17 Packers um, in a closer than, you know, that's, that's I realize, more than a one-score win, but I, I feel it's a late Mason Crosby field goal uh, that puts the game out of reach. So I do think it's going to be uh, close all the way throughout. And actually, I do think that the offenses for both teams will – uh, probably, you know, have a little bit of a slower start. So it's going to be some field goals early for Mason Crosby as well. Uh, Packer fans will be grumbling by by halftime. Uh, but uh, don't worry, folks. We'll get it going and, and get a couple touchdowns in the second half. Uh, in a late Mason Crosby field goal, I'm calling it, uh, will ice it. I think Mason is going to be heavily involved this week, uh, get, get the job done in week one. So um, I, I – uh, certainly uh, would take either outcome, and we did it again, folks, Packers, uh, predicting a win here. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll, at least for one week, we're continuing our uh, prediction tradition here of, of predicting a Packers win. So, uh, Dane, anything else to add? I Oh, I do want to remind folks, a new season, it's been a while um, we do have the Cheesehead Sound Off Hotline, so yes, uh, please partake and use that liberally. If you need to vent, if you want to give some feedback during the game, if you want to get excited and need to get jacked up before the game, if you have some uh, post-game thoughts or reaction, use that Cheesehead Sound Off Hotline. Um, you know, or if we get some some good reactions from you guys. Uh, we'll definitely play those in our reaction podcast uh, next week. So, Dane, remind everyone what that number is and again and uh, where else you can find us. Absolutely, yeah. Call 608-285-2128. Again, 608-285-2128, Sound Off Hotline. Uh, you can also find it listed on our Instagram, which is instagram.com slash Lombardi's Legends. Go to us on Facebook. Uh, find us on Twitter as well. Uh, doing a lot of content, uh, doing a lot of likes, doing a lot of different stuff on there. So please, uh, if you like what you're listening to, uh, check out our social media as well. We love sharing posts and different things and a lot of news updates going on there as well. Absolutely. And better yet, program that number onto the phone. And and. Just so you know, folks, I mean, we, we like to keep things clean. So uh, if if you're really, really using some colorful language, Dane and I will, will delightfully listen and laugh. But um, it may not make it onto the pod. Uh, just a, an advance warning on that. Uh, but you're more than welcome to vent freely. Uh, we won't censor you. But just, just so you know, uh, as you're calling in, that, that is something that we'll take into consideration. So thanks, folks, so much for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, we cannot wait for Sunday. Um, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it through to another day of work tomorrow, Dave. Same. same. <laughs> it's here. Uh, so get excited. Say it with us, folks. Go, go Pack Go! Pack, go.